Alright, hello everybody. Welcome to the first official episode of the Kojak Sportscast. This is your host, Colton Jackson. I'm excited to start on this journey with everybody and hope that everyone can enjoy it just as much as I do. Oh, without further ado, let's kick it off, starting uh, starting out by talking in some NBA. Have the Eastern Conference semifinals to t- start talking about. And let's start out with a great series that was Boston versus Milwaukee. This series was up and down roller coaster. At the beginning, looked like any team could win it, and Boston just put their strength and put their foot on the gas and didn't look back. Jason Tatum went out there and proved that he's going to be around for a long time. He will. He went out there... Average 20, just under 28 points a game. And filled up the stat sheet the entire series. He just continues to amaze me on the offensive and has improved his defense by a lot in the last, just in the past season. And the Bucks to me, showed that without Chris Middleton, they can't really play in the playoffs. Giannis is going to get his. He's going to go and show up, averaging 34 and 14. But outside of Middleton, outside of him not having Middleton hurt them, the Bucks have got to get a second score. If they want a chance at winning it all again, they need to go go after a second second scoring guard or a wing, because they cannot continue to do this with without Middleton. Now let's transition to the other series, that was the Miami Heat versus the Philadelphia 76ers. The Miami Heat went out there and balled out and proved that using your depth and spreading the love around and scoring can beat superstars. Just because the 76ers went out there and put Joel Embiid and James Harden out there did not scare Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. They went out there, played their game. Eric Spolstra loved the guy as a coach. Easily top five coach in the league every year. Gets his guys ready for every situation. And they just consistently win in Miami. There were a couple years there where they didn't. They stuck with it. Jimmy Butler comes in. They have really good drafts a couple years in a row. And they're right back to it. Second conference finals trip in the past three years. 
And Philadelphia just proved that they can't go out there and win without Joel Embiid being 100%. He needs to be 100% for them to win. That's flat out been evident for the past few years. And I hate to say it, James Harden sucks in the playoffs. He cannot perform at the biggest stages. When the lights are shining the brightest, he just goes into a shell of himself. MVP James Harden was a great player. Regular season James Harden is a great player. Go back throughout his career in the playoffs. Now let's transition into the Western Conference Semifinals. Let's start out with the Mavericks versus the Phoenix Suns. Luka went out there and showed he is going to be number one in the league. And he will be for quite some time. He tore apart Phoenix every game of the series. And that's something that will always happen. Luka is that guy who will go and get his own shot. He is not afraid to make his own plays for himself, create shots, get to the rim, He and he'll pull on you from 30 feet. He's just got that kind of confidence and that kind of mentality. And it also helps when Dallas's role players start getting in in on the fun. They got hammered in game 5 by the Suns. But in games six and seven, they were able to play very well because their role players started coming and playing well. In game six, it was Reggie Bullock, Jalen Brunson, and Spencer Dinwiddie each having 15 plus points. Dinwiddie coming in off the bench with 21 minutes and 15 points. Obviously, Luka, 33-11. and 11. Like I said, he's going to get his. In Game 7, Luka, 35 again. He's just crazy. Jalen Brunson, again, not a guy who's a star by any means in the league. But constantly this season has just been giving the Mavericks what they need to get to that next level. And Spencer Dinwiddie coming out off the bench again, 25 minutes and 30 points. Dude was lighting up the scoreboard from everywhere he could. And I've I've loved Spencer Dinwiddie since... He came into the league and has been great 
whether he's coming off the bench or starting, no matter what, no matter where he's been. Phoenix just played terrible those past two games. They played awful. CP3 is showing signs of his age. Devin Booker showed that he cannot play by himself. And that was evident before CP3 got there and they started getting good. Devin Booker cannot play by himself. He needs a second prolific scorer there with him to be able to play. And play at a high level. DeAndre Ayton faltered. And he was non-existent for the last two games of the series. And that's another piece, is as great as guards have been the past decade, you still need a good big man at the least to make it to the finals and win a championship. At the least decent big man. Warrior... Warriors proved they can still play championship ball even though Clay and Steph are getting up there in age. Those two are balling and just always going to get theirs. But Draymond Green still proving he can be a menace on the defensive end. And you got role players. Even Jordan Poole, I guess, is now kind of moving out of that role player position and going to be a star in the league. Jordan Poole has proved this year that he has taken that next step to become a star. The Grizzlies, all they showed was that they're not ready yet. They, I, In my opinion, they don't need to do anything. They need to Stick with it. Bring everybody back next year. They will have the experience needed to learn from what they did. Plan for next year. And the Grizzlies will be right back to where they were. I have no doubt in my mind the Grizzlies will be back next year. They'll be back stronger. And we'll see. I I think they could be a contender next year. The only concern that I see in the Grizzlies is them being better without John Morant. Usually a team that is better without a star player, that usually means that the star player is kind of taken too, taken up too much. And I don't get me wrong, I love John Morant. John Morant is an amazing player. But I think the Grizzlies need to stop putting so much load on his shoulders. And just let him go play basketball. Because... It kind of seems like they're still asking him to do too much. And I'm a Pacific Northwest guy, so 
I can tell you, watching the Blazers for the past decade with Damian Lillard being there, they asked way too much of him for a decade. And it got them nowhere. They made, they've made one conference finals appearance in his career. I believe the Grizzlies can be a lot better than that. They just need to learn to let John Morant go out there and play basketball. He cannot be asked this much of. Moving on to the draft lottery. The Magic come out with the number one pick. This was a surprise across the league. The Magic didn't... They were... They were up there among the worst teams in the league, but... They always just keep seeming to get... Falling outside of the top three every year in the lottery. And finally they broke that... Broke luck and got that number one pick. Once again, the Kings get hosed out of a really good pick. I know any lottery pick is going to be really good, but for a team like the Kings, who have been a lottery team for a long time now, just cannot seem to buy that number one pick. They got four again this year, and it always seems like they keep landing outside of the top two, which for a lot of teams, it's good like just to be up there in the top four. But a team like the Kings, who don't typically draft well, Darren Fox was their best draft pick in a long time. They drafted Tyrese Halliburton, but... He's out of there now. It just doesn't seem like it will fall the king's way. Now taking a look at the conference finals matchups. This will be recorded just after Heat Celtics game one. And man, was it a great game. The score might not have replicated that, but what a game from Jimmy Butler. He had 41 points total on the game. Carrying the team to a game one victory. It, early in the first half, it looked like Boston had this game wrapped up like they were going to come out with a fire and not let anybody beat them and then Miami just took over in the third quarter coming out of halftime outscoring the Celtics by 25 points in the quarter 39 to 14 the Celtics in the second half just kind of Gave up, it looked like, on defense. 
which is sad for one of the better defensive teams in the league and arguably the best defensive team left out of the four. Jason Tatum, 29 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He's he's going to be great no matter what going out there. Jalen Brown, same story, 24 and 10. He's going to be a good player no matter no matter what out there. But the Miami Heat were just too much for the Celtics tonight. Jimmy, 41 points. Jimmy Buckets coming back. Love to see it in 41 minutes. Didn't make a single three-pointer tonight. That's what amazes me the most, is that somebody like Jimmy can score 41 points without making a three-pointer. He only shot two three-pointers tonight. And then the Heat just showed that their depth was greater than Boston's. Their Miami's role players proved to be a lot better tonight than Boston's. Bam Adebayo didn't have the greatest game. Only 10 points and 4 rebounds, but still a constant threat on the defensive end. Gabe Vincent showing out. No Tyler Hero, no problem. Gabe Vincent had 17 points tonight. 5 of 10 shooting. 3 for 7 from 3. And Max Struess, who's come on really well this year. 11 points, 3 for 8 from 3, 4 for 9 from the field. Hit some big time shots in clutch moments. I'm going to go out on a limb here and I... If you would have asked me before the game started, I would have said Boston in seven because of defense. But after the way Miami played tonight, I'm taking Miami in six. I think Boston will get two at home. I think they'll get game three and four at home. I think Miami wins one, two, and then five and six. I think Miami, the way they proved how well they can play defense tonight will carry them through this series into the NBA Finals. Now let's talk about the Warriors versus Mavericks Western Conference Finals. This is a very interesting series to me. Because you got the Warriors, Steph, Clay, Draymond, championship winning team, guys who are great players, getting up there in age, and you hate to see it because these are guys who have dominated the league for around a decade now. And then 
on the other side of the ball, you have young superstar Luka Doncic, who, like I said earlier, is easily going to be the league number one guy within five years. This will be a very, very well-fought series, but I have the Warriors winning in six just because of their experience. Steph and Clay know how to get the job done, and I think they will do that this year. The Steph versus Luka matchup will be super fun to watch. Both can score at a high level. Both can create their own shots. They both create their own shots in different ways. Steph moves like crazy with and without the ball. Luka is just a big, plays bully ball, but is so graceful. And that step back is killer, and he can hit it right in your face, too. And... This series will be won by role players. Whoever's role players show up in this series, that team is going to win. It's harder to say that with the Warriors because they have Steph and Clay, but players like Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, those players are going to have to show up to win this series and go on to the NBA Finals. Same thing with the Dallas Mavericks. Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, those guys are going to have to show up if Dallas even wants a chance at beating Golden State. Golden State is a lot stronger in terms of star power. But, hey, with what the Mavericks just did to the Phoenix Suns, who were the number one team in the NBA and a lot of people's picks to win the NBA Finals this year, I wouldn't put it past them to upset the Warriors and go on to the NBA Finals. This run that Luka is on is reminding me a lot of the 2011 Dallas Mavericks championship team with Dirk Nowitzki where it was just Dirk versus everybody the role players showed up in in the playoffs and in the finals then but when it really counted Dirk was Superman Dirk showed out in every way possible to carry the Mavericks that season. And this is reminding me a lot of it from Luka. Do I believe he'll get it done this season? I don't think so. I think the Warriors are just too strong for them. But I would love for Luka to prove me wrong. Let's move on to the MLB. And let's start out with the Astros. B, 
being a Pacific Northwest sports fan and a Mariners fan, it's tough, especially when this season was supposed to be our year after winning 90 games and just barely missing the playoffs last year. It hurts to see the Astros be successful. But, man, when you hit five home runs in an inning, there's nothing you can do but respect it. Those guys can hit over there with how much they've been through the last three, four years going through the whole cheating scandal. They've really built back up what they lost and they didn't really even lose much. They lost their manager and that was about it. And they lost Carlos Correa only this season, though. But they seem to be doing just fine without him. It all started in the top of the second inning when Jordan Alvarez hit his 12th bomb of the season already. And he hasn't even been playing the full season. And then Kyle Tucker comes up and blasts a 413-foot bomb. And then Jeremy Pena, who they brought in to replace Carlos Correa, is living up to the name and filling those shoes pretty well. Michael Brantley and Yuli Gurriel also home run. And that wasn't even the end of it. In the fourth inning, Kyle Tucker hits another home run, this time a grand slam to right field. The Astros just keep winning and winning and winning. And it hurts me, but at the same time, you can't help but respect it. They're just a great organization. Now let's talk about L.A. versus New York in baseball. The four teams from L.A. and New York are the top teams in the league. Each is leading their respective division. And I believe it's time to start the L.A. versus New York debate in baseball. Which city has the better baseball teams overall? I believe that LA has the best overall baseball team in the Dodgers. But if we're talking about combined both teams, New York wins that debate. The Yankees and the Mets are both really good baseball teams and both have a really good chance at meeting this year in the World Series. Now let's move on to talking about the NFL and let's start with Russell Wilson 
and his whole thing with the Seattle Seahawks this offseason. As a Seahawks fan, it I was way too blinded to see the truth, and I believe that Russell Wilson was not going to leave. As soon as I saw that he left, I knew the whole thing was a lie. He never wanted to be in Seattle. He wanted to be there for a while, but since he's gotten crazy high social status, he's never really been checked into Seattle. But that also surprised me on why he wanted to be in Denver. Was if he really was thinking about his social status, he would have gone to he would have gone to New York. I would have said L.A., but L.A. has already got two great quarterbacks, and they don't need anybody there. He would have gone to New York. He would have gone to Miami, like some of these bigger markets that need a quarterback. So it just confused me on why he went to Denver of all places. And it's not like Den- Denver's offense automatically got better with Russell Wilson. I won't argue that he's he's a great quarterback. But they traded away Noah Fant, a great tight end. And their offense wasn't that great last year to begin with. Now on to the NFL Draft. I will say I was not expecting Trayvon Walker to go number one to the Jaguars. I had not been hearing his name from anybody. All I was hearing was Aiden Hutchinson and Aiden Hutchinson. That was it. But after going back and watching his college highlights and just the way he plays the game he will be he will be a solid NFL player for time to come As of today, Deshaun Watson and the NFL have been meeting about his sexual assault case, and does not seem like it will be going in a good direction anytime soon. He continues to deny any wrongdoing but the NFL is always going to do their due due diligence and he it just seems like the NFL doesn't want him near the field for for a while which makes sense it's bad for their brand and it's not what they want
finally moving on to some other sports around the world. I've picked up watching soccer just in the past year, and I've picked up a English League championship team as my adopted team, Huddersfield Town. What a performance it was. It might have not looked the prettiest, but they got the job done and are going to Wembley Stadium in London for the playoff final against Nottingham Forest for a chance to be promoted to the Premier League. That is huge for a team that has not spent any money in the transfer market and just trusted in their team and relied on loan after loan after loan and they just continue to get the job done this season. Now taking a look at the Champions League final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. This is a matchup between two powerhouses of Europe. Real Madrid have been a dominant force for decades. Liverpool just kind of coming back in the past six years. But man, is Mohamed Salah a great player. There's been a lot of slander about him in the FA Cup final. But the dude has got game. He can play. I am not the biggest soccer fan ever, and I don't know much about the game. But from what I know, he is one of the best players in the world. And I expect this to be a very hard-fought game from both teams. I, I see Real Madrid coming out on top and winning the Champions League once again. That is all for episode one. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And we will see you next week.